0: uh i have prepared something to share for today and we have about 10 minutes left now most of you if you've heard me speak before you know that brevity is not one of my strong suits um so i've got like six pages here so let's try and do that in two shall we um i want to share personally with you guys today and actually considering um, pippa's news this actually feels like quite an uh timely moment to be sharing this. So um, I hope that what I have to share today um, will encourage you wherever you're at on your journey. If you already identify as a follower of Jesus, I hope that this will encourage you in your walk. Uh, And if you're somebody who's considering following Jesus and you're not currently, um, then I also hope that this really encourages you because I want to be really honest about what it's like sometimes to follow Jesus. Um, And I think Jesus would encourage you to think carefully before you start following him because he says that many, many times throughout the Bible. Um, So today, um, I just want to do a really quick survey. Oh, we were going to play a game, but we're going to have to skip the game. So um, let's just see a show of hands. Um, Who would say that uh, summer is their favorite season of the year? Any votes for summer? Who would we go? So, okay, so we're probably looking at like maybe a quarter of the room. What about autumn? Votes for autumn? Strange people. Yes. Okay. Votes for let's uh, about another about another quarter. I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, springtime. Anybody favorite springtime? That's certainly my vote. Yeah, that's a majority. That's a good third. Anybody winter is their favorite? Yes, there are a few. Fair play to you guys. Nice bit of diversity in the room. Now, uh, I was going to get you guys to basically fight. I was going to get you to go over to the very, you can see the seasons on the pillars. I was going to get you to go to those pillars and can, like, meet with your people. And like, come up with an argument for why your season is the best and then present it to us. But we're pressed for time, so we're not doing that. Um, but I uh, um, have not been a church leader for most of my life and career. For most of my career, I've been a gardener. And being a gardener, my uh, daily life was directly impacted by the season that we were in. Um, So if we were in summer, there was loads of beauty, but loads and loads of work to do. Loads of flowers, loads of weeds. It was either too hot or too wet or too dry. It was just like the weather was against me the whole time. Uh, Autumn was a time of harvest. It was also a time of raking endless, endless leaves, which is why I cannot stand autumn. Um, But it, it was also a beautiful time, but it was a time of Harvest. It was a time for gathering in what we'd produced the whole year and storing things for the months ahead. Um, winter was honestly a time of survival. It was just like, get through it because it's cold, it's dark, it's lonely, there's very little to do in the garden, it's very boring and extremely depressing. Uh, and spring is like the opposite of winter. It's a time of hope and joy and life. There's bulbs exploding with color everywhere, you're planting vegetables, there's no weeds yet. There's There's no disease yet. There's no pests yet. Spring is the best. Well done, spring people. You were correct. Um, Now, as a gardener, I know what each season holds. I know what to expect in each season, but but particularly, I know how to plan for and expect different things in different seasons. Um, So I would be foolish, for example, to expect to be picking strawberries in the middle of winter or pruning apple trees in the middle of summer because they're just tasks for a different time of year. And when I think about the seasons coming up, crucially, I work to the season I'm coming in, I'm currently in, in order to get the best from it. So, for example, in my garden at home at the moment, it is strawberry season. Our strawberry plants are laden. And so every available minute I have, I'm out in the garden and I'm picking strawberries. Because if I don't pick those strawberries... Um, they won't be enjoyed, and all of the hard work that I've put in over the subsequent, the previous seasons will be wasted. All that anticipation as well of watching them kind of coming up, and, and the flowers coming through, and the fruit developing, all that anticipation, if I just left them, if I started like digging a new bed, which is a winter job, all of that would be wasted. So there are tasks for each season that you're in. It's opportunities which are not available at other times in the year now i'm a really passionate gardener i'm really in tune with the seasons of the year but one thing that i've learned recently is that i'm not very in tune with the seasons of life i'm not particularly familiar with the seasons of the soul seasons of my spiritual life now That just changed tack very quickly, and it's not just because I'm doing this faster than I intended to. Um, But that sounds a bit wacky and ethereal. What do you mean the seasons of life, the seasons of spirituality? Like, what is that? What do you mean? Let me tell you what I mean. A couple of months ago, uh, I came up and shared in What's God Been Doing that during a team meeting, just a normal weekly staff meeting, nothing exciting, I'd completely broken down in tears. Uh, Not my finest moment, I'm not a big crier, and I was very embarrassed and quite uh, adrift as to quite what was happening. Um, And then a couple of weeks before that, I'd actually shared uh, this on social media, a little post which says, Well, friends, I don't know how your term is going. This is such a melodramatic post. I'm really sorry about this. I don't know how your term's going, but mine's been brutal. I am so tired, clearly angling for some sympathy there. Um, But I'm sat in the sunshine this morning, listening to the birds and reading my Bible, and I'm just so grateful to be alive and to live in Gloucester. We live in a wonderful world, and I, for one, am grateful to be alive and in it this morning. Now... I don't often engage with social media, but I wanted to because I wanted to share a little moment of vulnerability, a little moment of exactly where I was at, what I didn't quite account for was lots of people then treating me like I was about to explode or something and being very gentle with me, and like, oh, did you hear Daniel burst into tears in a staff meeting, and now he's posting all this on social media. Some people were like, choose life, Daniel, choose life, so that was fun, Um, but... What I was, what all of this is pointing towards is, um, you know, people were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And the truth of the matter was, no, I was not okay. Quite fundamentally, not okay. And I was basically in the middle of going through what was pretty much a year-long slump in my spiritual life. I was going through a time when I felt like my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus, had gone completely cold. Um, And I was feeling, by this point, pretty desperate. I can't for the life of me find out where I am I'm here. Here I am. Now, I'm very fortunate that over the years I've gathered around me a group, uh, really great group of friends and mentors and supporters who I can go to in moments like this. And I went to every single one of them and asked them to pray for me and help me. And some of them are in our church, and some of you guys are those guys, and so thank you. Um, but really, the turning point for me was um, when I met with my friend Sam... And she introduced me to this idea of seasons in your spiritual life or in your life. Now, I've been following Jesus forever. And uh, you may well have heard Christians talking about seasons in the past. And honestly, I just think it's the most pretentious thing in the world. But serves me right. Here I am. I'm talking about seasons of the Christian life today. So that just really serves me right. Um, But anyway, my friend Sam, who's very clever, she encouraged me to think like a gardener and to remember how I used to respond to the seasons of the year when I was working as a gardener. To think of my spiritual life as running in seasons as well. And she recommended this book for me to read. It's called Spiritual Rhythms, which is a strange book, because it's not really about that, but it kind of is. Um, But she recommended that book to me. Um, I don't need this, so if anybody wants this, it's yours. Come and grab it for free. and that book basically uh, encourages you to think about the seasons of life in parallel with the seasons of the year Um, so to think about going through a season of spring a season of summer a season of autumn or a season of winter now again we were going to do a bit of a game here but for the sake of expediency i'm just going to ask you to be confident and shout at me so let's say for example if we're walking through a season of summer in our spiritual life in our walk of life what might that look like what might a season of summer look like in life say again scarves okay that's interesting and anybody else thriving yeah very good productivity fruit growth what might your relationship with god be like good sunny top-notch easy yeah what about the opposite what if we were to talk about a season of winter if we were walking through winter in our spiritual life what might that look like rest Rest. you get 20 points (laughs) say again temporary pause pause. okay yeah very good Dormancy. dormancy yeah good what about our relationship with god how how might we relate to god if we were in a season of winter a waiting period yeah maybe bit of a decline yeah yeah distant yeah disappointment coldness yeah morning yeah absolutely absolutely so um, now before I had read this book my uh, notion of what the seasons of life were like was very binary it was like you're either in season or you're out of season Now, I was kind of taught that when you're in season, that's when life is going great. All these things are working, you know, all the areas of your life are going well, and the aim of life is basically to be in season and to remain in season for as long as you possibly can. And then the opposite of that is being out of season. And so that's when stuff is hard, when things aren't working, when life is not going well for whatever reason. When you're out of season, the aim of life is to get back into season again as quickly as possible in the shortest time possible. That's the way that I was taught. And I was taught, you know, you need to lead in season and out of season when life is good and when life is hard. But the problem was that I found myself profoundly, profoundly out of season. And there was nothing, nothing I could do to snap out of it. Pull myself together, fake it till you make it. I tried everything. And I'm usually pretty good at those three things, particularly fake it till you make it. That's my favorite. I tried all of them. And I, none of it was working. My experience was that I simply couldn't hear from god it felt like i was praying and consistently getting god's voicemail now i struggle with prayer at the best of times i find it difficult but these were the worst of times and it felt like i was praying into a void i lost all passion to worship to come here and sing i lost all enthusiasm for just coming and being church I lost my vision, the sense of vision and calling to be a leader in this context. Honestly, I was pretty ready to quit. You know, being out of season for me was a very bleak place to be. And my friend, that's why when my friend Sam introduced me to this concept of the seasons of life, uh, I found it so unbelievably helpful because together we figured out that what I was walking through was actually a season of spiritual winter. That for one reason or another I'd been led into it and that it was, a, it was a, a time of spiritual winter. And it was exactly as you guys have described it. You know, a feeling of distance from God, a kind of similar to a depression in terms of lack of joy in life. You know, feelings of hopelessness and loneliness and just felt static and stagnant and dormant. Spiritual winter is the worst. It is the worst. And I was very much in the middle of it. Um some of us will find ourselves in spiritual winter when we go through sudden difficult life moments others like me might find ourselves there and quite honestly struggle to point to exactly what's led to it so what can we do what can we do if we find ourselves in the middle of a spiritual winter you know if the objective is not to just get out by any means and get back to good living what is the objective The whole point of thinking in spiritual seasons is that the objective is not to get out of the one you're in and into the next. The whole point is to be aware of the season of life that you're in and to be faithful to the tasks of that season. It's to be aware of the season of life that you're currently in and to be faithful to the tasks that present themselves in that season so just like when i was a gardener there were different tasks which were appropriate for different times of year in our spiritual lives in our the seasons of our life there are different tasks which are appropriate to different seasons so for me being in winter that looked like doing a lot less it looked like conserving my energy it looked like being more focused on what was in front of me crucially it was about trying not to be fruitful That was by far the hardest for me, because I love to do stuff and produce stuff. But in the winter, you don't expect your strawberry plants to be producing fruit. You give them a rest. For me, it was about relentlessly seeking God, because he was really hard to find. You know, the challenge ahead of me was to pursue God faithfully, even though I wasn't convinced he was there anymore. Am I allowed to say that? thank you thank you I wasn't convinced that he was there anymore and finally it was about giving myself permission to be in a season of winter for as long as God wanted me to be there and that's really the key thing that I've learned that being in winter as hard as it was to go through is exactly where God wanted me to be as hard as it was it was exactly where he wanted me to be and why is that why would god want me to walk through that difficult time it's simply because i learned things when walking through winter that i could never have learned in a season of summer i learned that my capacity my energy the things that i can do um, and achieve for him are no replacement for a relationship with him i turned my outward expression of doing stuff for god into a replacement For a relationship with God and so when that was taken away what did I have to fall back on other than a relationship and I found that relationship was diminished and I needed to work on it I learned that by doing less my value and my self-worth is not in what I do or produce but in who I am as a person I learned that my focus is always important and that I can always get distracted I learned that God loves me even when I don't produce anything or when I do produce something and it's crap I learned that God is more interested in me being faithful than he is me being fruitful. Yes, God wants me to produce some stuff with my life. But what he wants more than that is a faithful relationship with me. He wants faithfulness more than he wants fruitfulness. The experience of feeling separate from God, it forced me into a crisis. It forced me to ask, where has God gone? It forced me to decide, am I going to relentlessly seek God in the same way that he claims he will relentlessly seek me? It forced me to decide, it it forced our relationship into a process of maturing and growing. It was a process of God pruning off some unhelpful thought patterns and places where I personally was finding my self-worth. Spiritual winter was, um, in the end, a hugely helpful and rich place to be. Now, I'm really happy to say that I'm no longer in that place. For me, my experience was that God led me out of winter and into spring, pretty much at the same time as we moved into spring this year. So right now, I'm finding myself in a season of spiritual spring. Conversation with God is back. I'm now convinced he's real again. It's great. Um, My enthusiasm and vision for leading this church is back. It's good to be back. I'm feeling hopeful and optimistic and excited again. But I also feel more peaceful, more full of faith. I find myself less bothered and aggravated and stressed by the things that used to wind me up. I find it easier to put my life, my family, this church in God's hands and trust him for the fruit, for the results of it. There's less striving and stressing. There's much more resting, trusting and enjoying. I'm concerned less about being fruitful and more about being faithful. I could never have learned those things in summer. So, why have I bothered to tell you this? Is this just catharsis for Daniel Sunday? No, although this has been quite cathartic, so thank you. Um, There are several reasons why I wanted to take the time on a Sunday to share this with all of you guys. Um, The first reason is because I want to... Try for us to try and dismantle this idea that in order to lead a church in order to do anything um, In a church with a leadership tag on it. We need to have everything completely together all the time. I Can't carry that pressure and I won't Instead the kind of leaders we want to see in this church are leaders who lead from a place of honesty and vulnerability Who keep leading when life gets tough but who don't pretend that everything is okay. This is a church where it's okay not to be okay. But if you're not okay, that doesn't mean you need to stop. Sometimes it does, but it doesn't mean necessarily that you need to stop. Too often we've seen Christian leaders who walk into a season of winter and it all just falls apart because there's this expectation that if you're not in season, you're out. And that's not what we want to see. We think we need to see radical change in the leadership in the Western church. Instead of celebrating celebrity pastors who are pretending to have everything together in order to maintain their positions, I think we need more leaders who are not afraid to stand and lead with a limp. We need a culture of leadership in churches which is founded on faithfulness rather than fruitfulness. So that's the first reason. And you can tell I feel slightly passionate about that. The second reason um, is, I haven't told you this for your sympathy. I do want something from you, but it's the same thing that I want to give to you. And that is permission. Permission not to be okay. Permission to be in the season of life that you're in. But that is a double-edged sword. Because as I've said, we don't do this in-season or out-of-season thinking. We don't do on or off. Because no matter where you're at, no matter how you're finding life, as your pastor, I'm going to ask you the same two questions. The first one is, what season are you in? And the second question is, what are the tasks that are appropriate to your season? So if you find yourself in a season of winter, I want to see you cutting back. I want to see you simplifying your life. I want to see you saying no more than you say yes. I want to see you uh, ruthlessly and relentlessly seeking God wherever he may be found. But equally, if you're in a season of spring or summer, I want to see you stepping up. I want to see you stepping in. I want to hear you say yes more than you say no. I want to hear your ideas. I want to pay for your ideas. You know, I want to see you living loudly so that your friends can hear you. You know, if you're living in a season of spiritual summer, spiritual spring, what we were just talking about, about life, working, relationship with God, just working and being full of joy, go and share that with your friends for goodness sake. Don't act like you're in the middle of a winter when you're in the middle of a summer. The answer is to be attentive to the season that we're in and to be faithful to the tasks and opportunities that are presented to us.